Yo, what's up, Tab iFam? Welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Fam. It's your boy Stu. And we are in a crazy and interesting moment right now. We're in a series, just completed it, entitled Good Grief. And our pastor, Reverend Dr. Charles E. Goodman Jr., has helped us navigate the different aspects of grief. Not only the different aspects, but also the different experiences of grief. We have traveled thousands of years ago into the Hebrew Bible, into the New Testament, to his stories of grieving mothers and grieving fathers, grieving sons and grieving daughters. We've even met grieving friends and wondering the question, how do we navigate what happens in our own lives and our own personal experiences when we experience grief, but then also what does it mean to live continually in a grieving world? You know, in our world, in this moment right now, at this very moment of this recording, we have gone through two very public, horrifying and haunting mass shootings. In Buffalo, New York, at the Topps grocery store. If I'm not mistaken, the only grocery store in that area, which was recently built because those people, those citizens and their neighborhood are oftentimes left behind and they live in a food desert. They were murdered when an 18 year old traveled hundreds of miles away just simply to carry out an act of racial terrorism. And as if that wasn't enough, a few days later, as many of us were picking up our children from school or dropping them off, as some students were getting ready to walk across the stage during graduation. Maybe some of us were at home with our children looking at kids shows. Or maybe us, maybe some of us were talking to friends and partners and spouses about their children who were coming into the world. As all of this was going on, 19 children, two adults, one school, were once again victimized as victims of American terror. And the thing that we have been focusing on this moment, we could talk about policy change and we need to. We could talk about how things need to get better in the history and we need to. But I think in this moment, the first thing I want to ask each of you is this question. How are you doing? Like, seriously, take a moment. Maybe you stop this recording and you grab your journal and, you know, you take a few deep breaths. <sighs> Just like that. And you ask yourself, how am I doing in this present moment? You know, one of the things that PG talked about was the different experiences and aspects of grief. There's, 
you know, individual grief that we go through associated with loss and pain and trauma. But then there's also the collective grief that is a reflection of the experiences that we go through together. You know, as these moments are happening, we don't just feel them individually, but we suffer with many of these people vicariously. When a post is put up online or when the news comes that these tragic events have happened, we feel them as if they were our own. So we need to ask ourselves, how are you doing? And I think the best way to describe that is the name of one of my favorite podcasts entitled Steel Processing. You know, this week I was working on an essay as I was thinking about this series that we have been going through called Good Grief. And there was one particular story that really resonated with me in this series. And that was the story of the women who gathered up their spices and Jesus was already crucified in this moment and they gathered up their spices, the Bible says, and they went and they, you know, gathered these up and were going to place them at the tomb. And one of the things PG brought up that really resonated with me was about when we go through pain, the question becomes, what are the things that we have in our hand that remind us that even though life is hard, life still can have meaning. Let me repeat that. We must ask ourselves, what are the things that we have in our hand that remind us that even though life is hard, life can still have meaning. For me, I process the world oftentimes through conversation that I have with friends. Sometimes I process the world by reading the Bible. Sometimes I process the world by praying. Sometimes I process the world by being angry. This week I process the world in the way that I do best, I think, and that's writing. And I wrote that I think grief and trauma does things to us. It sits so deeply in our mind that it turns an easy morning into a time of weeping, tossing the imagination into an abyss of chaos that can only be described as terror. Enough should have been enough years ago, but we keep finding ourselves here time and time again. And one of the things about grief is that grief is not a linear process where today I'm feeling okay and then tomorrow I feel better. But grief is a journey. And like all of life's journey, it has its ups and downs. It has its times where we're better than we actually are. In this, in, in this moment, we're better in the past than we actually are in this moment and we'll be better in the future than we actually are in this moment. It has times where, you know, there are certain memories that remind us of the things or the people that we have lost. And then there are just moments. But the best thing that we could probably do is just be silent and sometimes just cry. And that's okay. We have to let ourselves feel every single emotion. You know, one of the things that uh, is so interesting about 
faith and spirituality and religion is oftentimes we as people of faith, we care so much about the conditions of our soul that we oftentimes miss the condition of our body. That's another thing PG brought up I thought was relevant is that grief and pain and trauma just not just doesn't do something to our spirit and to our mind, but it actually affects our body. It makes us tired. It makes life heavy. So then what must we do? I think. As the Bible says that the women did. What they first did, they mourned, then they moved. And that's another thing I want you to take away. That even if you're mourning, you can move. Even if you're grieving, you can go. I was reading that story this morning in preparation for this episode And there was something that I didn't notice in that text that I noticed this morning. And the thing that I didn't notice was that it was more than one person in this moment that had spices. If you're anything like me, then oftentimes when things, hard things and bad things happen, your tendency is to go into seclusion, to go into hiding and run it. To feel as if the pressures of the world are too much to face. To feel as if being alone in the shadows is better than being with other people and being touched and being loved and being embraced. And I think there are moments where we have to have that. There are times in the Bible where Jesus, as he was teaching in the world, he got away to the mountain to pray. And I imagine that in the Bible, the Bible doesn't declare everything that he did in that moment. Maybe Jesus prayed in that moment. Maybe Jesus was angry in that moment. Maybe Jesus read in that moment. Maybe Jesus did something like dancing in that moment. We don't know what he did when he went away to the mountain. But what the Bible says is that he actually did go away. So at some moments in time, we do actually need to get away. We need to find that place. Maybe it's in your office. Maybe it's in your car doing a work block. Maybe it's at a studio. Maybe it's at a local coffee shop. Maybe it's wherever. Wherever you find yourself being able to get away, you should do that. But then there are often other times where another person's ability to keep on going and moving will be dependent on our ability to be courageous enough to show up for them. It says the women prepare spices, not just the woman. So I've been asking myself, what can we do in this moment of intense anguish and intense grief? What can we do? What can we say to one another? As we're still trying to process all the things that are going on in our lives. I want to suggest three things. Number one. 
Don't allow the problems of life to stop your ability to imagine better. Don't allow the problems of life to stop your ability to imagine better. You know, one of the things about these women is that to show up in the world and to gather up spices, even when your savior and your friend is dead and has died a very tragic, traumatic death. One of the easiest things to do is to stay away. But they showed up. And they prepared spices. So this week, what can you do to show up? To not allow the problems of the world to keep you from imagining better for yourself. What can you read this week? How can you stay tapped into your humanity? How can you stay feeling amidst the call to be numb? It's number one. Don't allow the world, the problems of the world. To crush your ability to keep imagine better. Number two. As you grieve, reach out to somebody else. It took two or more in this story. Each week, it has been a story, not just of individual persons, but individuals, persons together. You know, every time we come to church Sunday in, Sunday out, I think we oftentimes when it becomes this easy feedback loop, which is, you know, we go through the action and practice and then it becomes norm and it becomes a habit and, it, and we do it mindlessly. So going to church on Sunday morning is oftentimes a feedback loop where, you know, it happens and then we have this reaction and, you know, we, we in our mind, it's like, OK, the reward of going to church is like, I'm going to feel better. I'm going to get a word. This is going to happen. And oftentimes when it happens, when a habit becomes so deeply embedded to the rhythms of our lives, what often can happen is that it can lose its value. We can't allow that to happen, though. Even if it has become a habit it still must remain holy. And what do I mean by holiness? When we think about the Bible and holiness, oftentimes people think that holiness is about us being set apart, God being set apart from the world. So God is holy or the church is holy. So the church is set apart. I don't deny that type of reading, but I want to suggest that holiness is not about being set apart but it's about being more tapped into, more aware of, more sensitive to. So if something is holy in your life, it is treated as if it is precious and valuable. And so that means that our relationships, which not all of them are worth our investment, but whatever relationships we believe matter, we should treat them as sacred and valuable and show up and be there for one another in this moment. And number three, finally, as you're grieving, as you're going, as you're struggling with the mess of life and moving, don't forget that you being here in this present moment is a reflection of the same person in the past who made it through.
as a writer, every time I write an essay, I'm always insecure. I like to tell people that whether I'm on stage, whether I'm in an interview, whether I am planning something, whether I am writing something, I'm always my most insecure when I have to start again. And I like to tell people that writer's block, the thing that many writers go through where we're trying to search for words and we can't make it through, writer's block is not the lack of the, of imagination. It's oftentimes the presence of insecurity. It's not that I don't have thoughts. It's oftentimes that I judge myself by the worst in myself and the best in others. And I compare myself with another's walk and another's way of doing it. And I realize sometimes that writing is just like prayer. We take whatever's on our mind and on our hearts and we give it to God. We give it to the other. And I found myself every time I stand on the stage or writing a page that I'm oftentimes trying to pray other people's prayer when in reality I must find a way to pray my own. And so as you're going through life and you're trying to find yourself and grieve and process and move and grow, don't forget that you must pray your own prayers. That the same person who did hard things in the past, who overcame great odds in the past, who trusted themselves in God in the past, who showed up as a as a courageous person in the past, who who was willing to change and to grow in the midst of rejection and hardship and death and ugliness and destruction, who was willing to try new things and to go new ways. That person is still the same person in the present. So don't forget that you can do it with God's help and with one another. We're going through a lot. We're still processing. But fam, don't forget. We're here. So I hope you enjoyed that episode of Let's Talk Fam. Be sure to share on your local networks. Be sure to invite people into these conversations and also offer feedback. We love feedback from you as the audience to let us know what would you like to talk about? What would you like to hear? What are the conversations that's relevant to your life and your world? Because we as a church are here to serve God, yes, but also to love you. And so let us know. Be sure to share. And don't forget, you're connected to the most impactful place on the planet. And because we've been blessed, we're going to be a blessing. Y'all be easy with yourself. You take care.